0: Something I've learned uh, in helping people is people's problems are complex, but God's solutions are simple.
1: Every leader faces challenges on a daily basis. And the way we navigate those challenges can make a deep and lasting impact for time and eternity. We're helping leaders discover practical tools based on biblical principles and helping you create like-minded communities who will walk with you as you lead your organization to health. Welcome. To the healthy leaders podcast welcome to the healthy leaders podcast i'm your host peter hartzell very pleased to be with you today and we are going through a very exciting podcast problem solving process this is very fun stuff i know i'm sort of being tongue-in-cheek with this because problem solving sometimes is something we try to avoid we we don't like problems but obviously in business, uh, majority of our days are spent finding solutions to challenges or problems. And so what happens when those challenges or problems are actually core or central to our business moving forward or, you know, translate this to our personal life, because these these principles can work in our personal life just as well as in our business life. What happens when we have problems or challenges? Um that need to be worked through. And the last few episodes, we've been talking through the last couple, the 24-hour rule, which is related to conflict resolution. Now, we're not necessarily dealing with conflict specifically in problem solving. We're, we're more talking about task-related uh, problems. So uh, we've got about 10 or nine points uh, to get through. So uh, if you're taking notes, I would recommend, in fact, uh, we'll, we'll try to put the points down in uh, the show notes so you can look at them. But take notes and uh, think about, as we're talking through these uh, these points, think about your your situation and how you can apply this uh, to, to help grow a healthier organization. So let's dive in, Phil.
0: Yeah. So I want to start by quoting Scott Peck in the book, The Road Less Traveled. He said that life is difficult and when we accept that life is difficult, it becomes less difficult just <laughs> simply because we accept it. And then another thing he said was that life is a series of problems and when you solve those problems the right way, life becomes meaningful. But when you don't, those problems accumulate and you actually develop psychiatric and emotional problems, relational problems. So again, we're coming back to uh, capturing things, life is going to bring problems. It's just what it is, and solving those problems in a healthy way. So, I I have learned over the years a a way that works, and I I think if you would study what Harvard teaches, what Patrick Lencioni teaches, what Rockefeller teaches, you're going to find that what I'm sharing is very similar. It's just my approach to it. Uh, there's yeah, I've been through a lot of classes, and uh, my approach is my approach, and so hopefully it'll work for some of you. It'll come to a language that you can understand. Mm-hmm. So a lot. This started. A lot of it started in 2004 when I was in a, a wealth management program, and then then went in 2012 when I joined a CEO peer group, a Christian CEO peer group, and I was maybe the least educated and the least business-wise of all the people in the group. And so I couldn't, I barely could read financials. And uh, so when they would go into this problem-solving process, and it was actually a, at that time, it was a five-step process. I'm going to share the process with you, and I'm going to try to share why it works and how it works. And there was a day when... When they would share their problems and I would just check out, I'm going, I don't understand business. And then there was a day when I started listening to what they were saying and I discovered that I actually could help them. And then the whole thing evolved into me being able to help people, uh, not only me solve my problems, but help other companies solve theirs. So one of the things that I do when people bring me in is this is the very thing I help them do. So I'm going to share it with you, and if you can get it to work on your own, fine. If you need my help, you can call on me. So we're going to start with step one, and step one is you want to try to identify your biggest pain. I I try to identify your biggest pain, and you can do this on your own. A lot of times, it's what wakes you up in the middle of the night. You can do it as a team. You could have a, a team of people that, uh, say you got three people in your, your trusted management team or 10, have everybody write down what, do you, what is the biggest pain that we're facing right now. And then you could put it up on the board and, and then just hammer it out. And all of you agree on what is the biggest pain that we are facing right now. And the biggest pain is the place where you believe, where you're stuck, you can't get beyond it, and you could go under. If you don't get unstuck, you, you're just, you're stuck. You, you, you just can't go from here. So then the next step is, is do everything you can to solve it yourself first. And so you don't want to be bringing every problem in. You don't want to have to call a board meeting every time you have a problem. Solve it yourself. But if you can't solve it yourself, then you want to gather together. Step number three is to bring in a trusted group. And hopefully this is a group of people that you've been building trust with over time. So you, you can't just do this in a, in, in, a, in a workshop or at a seminar. You can, and, and it, you could get an idea of what it tastes like, but it really needs to be a group of people who really trust each other. Sure. And, and so you bring a trusted group in. Um, I used to do the math, and in our group there was like 16 people in our group. It was a CEO. Uh, peer group. And if you do the math, if the uh, 16 times average age is 50, that's 800 years in the room. 800 years of different, uh, of experiences, 800 years of wisdom. And so you're tapping into the 800 years instead of your, whatever it is, 40, 50, 60 years. The other thing you're doing is, as I studied the book of Job, this came from the book of Job, that Job and his friends, each one of them had their own opinions about what was going on in, in Job's life. And I believe they were sincere. Uh, the reason I believe that is they were still friends afterwards, even though it got very tense. But what they didn't see, each of them saw it from a different angle. What they didn't see was God's angle from, that he saw it from. So this is what I call, and we have this in a different podcast, it's called your C-Level, S-E-E-Level. So everybody sees, because we're limited, we see things from a different, we see a different scope, we see a different perspective, a different angle. And, and then, of course, if you do it God's way, then God, you can bring God into the room and you can start seeing things the way God sees it. James said in James 1 that if you lack wisdom to ask him, and he'll tell you how he sees it, Jesus said that also the Holy Spirit will tell you how it looks to him and, and how to do it. So you've got 800 years in the room, or if there's four of you and your, your ages are 40, you've got 160 years in the room. But as you're praying and you're getting scriptures involved, you're also getting God's sea level in and God's metrics. Yep. Okay, so so much for that. The next step is you want to gather as much information as you can and it's really important to stay in this step until you might say 10 minutes after you think you're done
1: hmm.
0: wow you want to gather as much information so uh, you've brought your problem to the group hopefully you've taken notes you've written it down and you just share everything about the problem that you've got that you can that you can that you know share the problem Share even what you've tried. And so the, the, uh, the responsibility of the group is to ask questions so you can gather more information about what's going on. Extract it out of the person. There's some kinds of questions you ask, like you're going to ask questions that, that you don't know the answers to. So you don't want to ask a veiled question, it's what I call a veiled solution or a loaded question. You don't want to say, have you read such and such a book? That's not a question, that's a solution. But you just want to ask questions to help get the other person to get it out. Miraculously, or amazingly, sometimes it stops here. What I've discovered, and I discovered it many years ago when I I led a a carpenter crew, we were kind of a ragtag crew, and we were building houses, uh, doing the whole house from start to finish. And somebody would come up to me and explain a problem they were having, and i just listen. And before I even knew what they were talking about, they solved the problem themselves. It's what I call the art of letting the person talk to himself. So a lot of times, all the person needs to do is get get it out in the open and have a good listener. And a lot of times, it solves solves the problem right there. People, what I discovered that, is that I didn't have any business education or any formal business education, but by allowing the people to get it out and once they could get the pain out and get the confusion out, many times they just solved it themselves. Most of the times leaders are able to solve their own problems once they can get it unclogged and get it out, get it sorted. So sometimes it's stopped there and many times it, it, it stops there.
1: So you would say that a lot of times the, the challenges or <clears throat> a lot of times when there is a problem that needs to be solved, a lot, of, a lot of times the reason that there's a problem is because there's a lack of information or you, you, haven't, you haven't understood the root of the problem well enough. And if you can understand the root of the problem, the solution a lot of times just presents itself or it works itself out.
0: Not just that, Peter, but uh, it, there's a lot of emotion involved here. Because you are so emotionally involved in in your business and your leadership. You're an owner. And so, what it does is it sometimes you just simply get clogged up emotionally. You get emotionally paralyzed because it just, there's too much going on. And when you can get it out and sort it out, my wife used to call it sometimes a person just needs a burp. (laughs) Because it just. It gets stuck inside and they need to get it out. And, and sometimes once they can get it aired out and they burp it out, sometimes they see the solution themselves. Something I've learned uh, in helping people is people's problems are complex, but God's solutions are simple. And so once you can get it out, get the complexity of it out, a lot of times it's a real simple solution. So, <clears throat> So a lot of times you don't have to solve it for them. You just need to listen to them and, and help them get it out. And once they can get calmed down and get rid of their anxiety, then they're going to have their own answers. So sometimes it stops right there just by helping them get it out. Okay, so then the, the next thing I learned, and this is where you're solving big complex problems, is, is to learn to stay in the question. Learn to be, sometimes problems, you don't come up with an answer for a problem you stay in the tension of the question, the problem will work itself out because many times problems are complex, and it's a number of solutions rather than one. There's a really good book, and there's a lot of good books out there. I'm going I'm to give you a couple. It's, one's called Change Your Questions, Change Your Life by Lee Adams, and another one is called A More Beautiful Question there's a whole series of books by Warren Berger on beautiful questions and how to stay in that, that place of curiosity. Because when you, learn, when you lose your curiosity, you, your brain gets stuck. And when you're curious, your brain keeps moving. So it's just having this childlike curiosity, learning to live in a state of humble curiosity, not the kind of curiosity of why am I always a loser, but what else can I do here? what is going on here? And what are some solutions? So just learning to live in that that question, here's a book of beautiful questions, a more beautiful question. And so just learning to ask good questions. There's also, and you might want to put this in the show notes, there's an organization called the Right Question Institute. And they teach people, they actually have seminars And they teach people how to, the different types of questions, like there's open-ended questions, there's closed-ended questions, there's shifting questions, how to ask the right kind of questions to get the answers. Questions soften up the intensity, the anxiety. Uh, In one of the books, there's a a doctor who was was well known for how he could diagnose problems. And he said he had 21 questions that he asked. So in every every he had this system that he created and in every every case that he went into, he just asked the, some version of the same 21 questions before he made his diagnostic, his diagnosis. So that that staying in the question curiosity stage is is important to stay in. Yeah. All right. So then the next step is again, you, you don't want to move into solutions yet. What you want to do is look at examples, as many examples as you can of other people who have solved this problem, either successfully or unsuccessfully. So that's where you want to look at case studies. I've done a bunch of Harvard case studies looking at how companies failed and succeeded. You could study Jim Collins, How the Mighty Fall, Good to Great, Built to Last. Look at all these different business examples or just life examples of how people face this particular problem or some version of it. You can think of examples inside your life. You could think of examples in business. Uh, That's where you do some research. You could could type into Google about the problem you're facing and look at how others solved it. And then uh, you could look into the Bible and look at how that was solved or not solved in the Bible. Uh, Look at scriptures that address the problem. So you're wanting to gather as much outside information as you can to where you've got a whole, like you might say, a whole table, the whole kitchen table full of possible solutions for the problem. And so the bigger the problem, the more solutions you want to have. So you want to come up with as many solutions as you can. And and somebody said, beware of the person who has one solution, because a lot of times Solving complex problems, there is more than one solution. It's a series of solutions, and it's a direction you take, rather than just one solution. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's just here's the pill you take, or here's the switch you the switch you flip, or here is um, the the thing the screw you turn, and you just do it a quarter turn, and you got it. But many times, business problems are more complex than that. So it takes a series of solutions. So then you look at, once you got that, then you want to start bringing together all these solutions and see how these solutions are, are, are applicable to you. Now, what I want to do is uh, go on a little side trail here because some problems that you go into, you, you probably realize that this wasn't one big problem. It was many smaller problems. Like I'm helping somebody right now uh, who is getting bought out, his company is getting bought out, and somebody is buying his company and then hiring him back to work in it. So there are many parts to this, like wh- what's the compensation package? Who's going to do what? Um, who is going to uh, – when is there is an exit strategy? Is there going to be an opportunity for this person to buy this business back later? So you want to break it down into many parts. And it's like I, back uh, in the early days when we did, we did everything. Uh, we butchered our own animals. We did our own repair work, our own carpentry work. I learned how to rebuild an engine. And what you do is you take the entire engine apart. Take it all apart and you just lay it out on the table. And then you go through part by part and take each part of that engine and, and fix it up, bring it back to specs. If you got to replace something or if it's good enough as it is or you got to have it machined down, whatever you've got to do, you break it down into parts and then you work on each individual part. So you have a lot of decisions to make. And when you can break it down into those parts, uh, like say, for example, somebody wants to become a, a baseball pitcher. Well, I don't know all the things he needs to learn, but I think he needs to learn Diet, exercise, stretching, his pitching stance—there's uh, there, just a whole list of things. And then you break it down, and you get help for each one of those parts. Okay, so then you you want to choose the best ones, and then then what you do is is you want to create a plan. You create a written plan. In business, this is called a one-page plan. And you might be surprised that all of this even in the, some of the biggest, most complex problems can be consolidated down to one or two pages. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get clarity.
1: I can speak to that from firsthand experience too. Cause I, I had a series of problems that I was trying to solve in my business. And, uh, you actually came out here to, to spend a few days with me to work on some content for healthy leaders and also to work through this from, from my organization. And, after just spending a day talking through things, I was surprised. I was actually really surprised at how much clarity I got, how many problems solved themselves seemingly, uh, Mm -hmm. and how I was able to put a very easy, clear roadmap and set of solutions on one page. So I can go back to that whenever I feel like it and look at that one page plan and, and take my temperature for my company? And, and how am I moving forward? And, and am I staying on track? And so that I think is super, super, super valuable. So for you listening, if you don't have a one-page plan for your organization, that is definitely essential. I think you definitely need yeah.
0: to get on that quickly. Find somebody who can do that. Mm-hmm. There, I, I have an approach I take that works, uh, but there's, there's plenty of people out there doing it uh, you can look into EOS. Uh, you could read the Rockefeller Habits. Read uh, Patrick Lencioni's book, The Advantage. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, ideal to find somebody who's already got some experience doing it, yep. who can do ma- it for you.
1: That's the mountain guide idea there too. Find yeah, a mountain, that's your guide.
0: mountain guide. Right. Mm-hmm. We started doing that in 2013, and when I showed that to people, they said, "This is dynamite. This is going to completely change your company." This is going to take you from a mom-and-pop company to a company that actually is going to be professional and scalable. Yep. Because what you've done is you've taken the problem <clears throat> and you've put your best solution on a paper. Uh, it's in writing where everybody can see it. You've got it out of your head so everybody can look at it. And now you can start empowering others to take on different components of that problem. Hmm. So that's why it's important to write a plan. Proverbs 21.5 says... Good planning and hard work leads to prosperity. And we built, we, we put so much, bet so much of the weight and future of our company on Proverbs one five, So we never did, we never worked hard before we had a good plan in place. And a lot, so it says pro, good planning and hard work leads to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. And I believe so many people fail because they work hard, but they don't have a good plan that they're working. Or they have a plan, but it's in their head. And if they just simply write it down, they'd be surprised at how many people would rally around to help them. In fact, there's so many people who don't have a good plan, people are going to be willing to rally around someone who does. Hmm. Yep. So part of the plan is there, there's different phases. Like at the top, you know, what's the problem you're solving? Um, how are we going to behave? What is... Uh, what are our values here, uh, that we're never going to compromise integrity, we're going to treat people with honor and respect. There's a lot of different, in my organization, in Healthy Leaders, one of my values is that I respect my limitations. Hmm. So it's like that's how I'm going to behave as I'm doing this. And and so then at the bottom is it's what called the big rocks. And the big rocks are these are the three to five things that we – have taken our best guess at if we work at those three to five things, this is what's going to get this thing moving and solve it. Hmm. And it works because you got it in writing and you can course correct it constantly, but it's in writing. Like I told one person, you can't get on the same page until you have a page. (laughs) So we're talking about literally a written page, whether it's in on your computer or a printed page. And then the next one is just, commit to moving forward, it is really important that you set small goals and timelines. Otherwise, it's going to be very task driven. Yeah,
1: and I came to a point where I, I realized I've got so many things that I just, I need answers to. And in talking through all of the problems that I thought I was facing, what I didn't realize was that they were all solved by making a good plan. And I, I think that, mm-hmm. that you're right, that verse, Proverbs 21.5, good, good planning, hard work, <clears throat> leads to prosperity. And I, uh, sometimes it's hard to see how the myriad of challenges that we're facing are all connected until you actually have a clear roadmap. And then you can re- identify, like what I identified was some of the things that I had were, as challenges were actually challenges because they were things I needed to get rid of. They were, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I was trying to do too much or I was, I, was, I was not clear on why I was doing a certain thing. So I thought this was important when I found out after making my plan, actually that's not important. Or more importantly, that actually will work itself out if I shift my focus and, mm-hmm. and put all of my energy into this lane or into this thing, then yeah. actually that problem solves
0: itself. Yeah, you don't really know until you actually do it and put it into practice. Right. I've, I've helped large companies. Right now I'm helping somebody who's setting up an international partnership with a company in another country. Same process. I'm working with a mom and pop deli. I was working with a couple who had a uh, tractor repair business up north, and then they were also uh, raising puppies. And I'm also helping a, uh, a ministry that's a drug and alcohol rehab ministry really basically the same process hmm. just uh the, how i've just outlined it here so uh this will give you some ideas it'll give you some hope and uh, let me know if you think i can help you mm-hmm. uh, there's plenty of people out there who can and what, what my goal would be to work with you and and charge you something that's reasonable and affordable but the objective is to teach you how to do it because there i don't get i can't go very far around and I'm 73 years old, so my goal is to help as many people as I can learn what I know. Uh, one one of the uh, criteria of working with me is that you're already going in this direction, and I can help you through my past failures and successes to help you get there faster.
1: Yep. Yep that that's you know uh, that's a big part of this. And obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, or if you listen to a few episodes before, then you're obviously curious. You're already to the point where maybe you've already sort of decided that Phil would be able to help you and you just haven't reached out yet to to share your your challenge or your struggle or your problem. And and you know, so either reaching out to Phil or someone else, maybe you maybe you know someone in your community that could help you too. It really doesn't matter who you reach out to. Uh, the the fact is, doing something, taking some action, uh, is the only way that you're going to be able to move forward. And so, uh, if, yeah. if you feel like if you feel like you need help, take action, reach out. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I could. If I can't help you, I could point you to somebody who can. Sure. Yep. So. Okay, well, I think I think
1: that's good for today. We'll go ahead and put some of those uh, resources in the show notes. So look those things up and then go to healthy-leaders.org. We'll have some more resources on the website there. Reach out to Phil if you feel like uh, Phil would be able to help you. And um, keep listening to the podcast because we're going to keep throwing good, helpful information your way. And uh, I think today, this is a this is a really big fulcrum point for a lot of organizations. So getting that one-page plan uh, is It's going to make a big impact. Uh, Yeah,
0: it turned everything around for us. I think Peter could say that did it for him and the people that I've worked with.
1: Yep, yep. All right, well, thanks for listening to the podcast today, and we will catch you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Leaders Podcast as we journey together toward healthy biblical leadership. If you're facing a particular challenge in your organization, please visit healthy-leaders.org we would love to help you lead your organization to health